This is In Their Minds with John and Sophia. Have you ever wondered where murderers come from? Are they born or raised? And could you have been one too? I've always wondered that. Can you pass the genes that cause you to kill someone? Or does the tendency to kill and more specifically be a serial murderer come from what you have seen or heard? Today, we are going to explore the minds of cold-hearted murderers and how they came to kill. Some kill because they enjoy it. Some kill because they're crazy, schizophrenic psychopaths from birth, because of trauma from their upbringing and a horrible relationship with their mothers. I also recently read that most serial killers are male. In a few cases where the serial killer has been female, they only kill infants or significant partners of theirs. Doesn't that indicate that it's more about birth and genes passed through the males and not an indication of their environment? And also, many serial killers have a neurological disorder that starts in early childhood and are chemical and hereditary factors in their brain and not pure evil. Sometimes a murder can be a final act for people, like they know they're going to get caught, but they don't really care. And some people are satisfied by killing. It brings some happiness and pleasure. Some murderers kill incidentally to cover up a crime or something else they did. A lot of different reasons that serial killers kill for. Like, there are some people that are one-time murderers for different reasons and sometimes incidental. But serial killers kill many times. They have a hunger and need for murder. Many kill due to fear of rejection caused by mother figure as a child. Ted Bundy, Joel Rifkin, and Edmund Kepper were all tormented, abused, or tortured by their mothers. A neophyte serial killer is one traumatized as a child. They try to avoid relationships that could be painful because of their fear of rejection, and it causes them to eliminate anything they might care about or anyone. Most think that if they get rid of the person that they care about, then there will be no fear of abandonment, humiliation, or other hurt. Select victims based on vulnerability, accessibility, and desirability. Accessibility is determined that by the lifestyle of the victim that might provide access, like if they're easy to kill and get to, like if they're a woman home alone every night, or if they regularly go to a particular place. Vulnerability is the extent to which the victim is at risk or susceptible to attack by the killer, like a woman walking alone is more vulnerable than one with another person or a large dog. Desirability is the attractiveness or appeal of the victim, subject may include characteristics as race, gender, or body type. In 2005, the FBI discussed the motivation of serial killers and discovered that the motive can be difficult to determine. Killers can have multiple motives for committing the crime. Sometimes they only plan to kill once, but due to the domino effect, they end up killing more and more. Sometimes the motive doesn't even help identify the murderer. Most serial killers commit their crimes because they want to, but some do it because severe mental illness with no other real motive. There are seven major general categories of motivation to be used as guidelines for investigative purposes. One, anger, rage or hostility towards certain section of population, such as homeless or society as a whole. 
Two, criminal enterprise, motivation where they benefit in status or wealth, being on drugs, gangs, or organized crime. They kill the competition, things like the mafia. Three, financial gain, when the offender benefits in wealth from killing that is not drug, gang, or organized crime related. Stuff like comfort slash gang killing, robbery, homicide, or multiple kills with insurance or welfare fraud. Four, ideology, motivation to murder, to further the goals and ideas of a specific individual or group. This is stuff like terrorists who attack a specific racial, gender, or ethnic group because of hatred and their ideology. An example of that would be 9-11. Five, power or thrill, motivation in which the offender feels empowered and or exhilarated when they kill the victim. Six, psychosis, a rare situation where offender has a severe mental illness and kills because of it. The condition may include auditory and or visual hallucinations and paranoid crazy delusion. Seven, sexually based, driven by sexual needs and desire of offender, may not be evidence or sexual contact at crime scene. One of the neuroscientists, Dr. Rain, scanned his brain to see if he had the quote-unquote serial killer gene, and he was surprised to discover that he did, in fact, carry the gene. He had a low-functioning amygdala, and his brain's gland closely resembled that of Randy Kraft, the scorecard killer. He also researched that those with low resting heart rates have been proven likely to be serial killers. Discovering this, he realized that he had a low heart rate as well. So why did he not adapt into a murderer? Frightening as it may be, but having a particular gene does not mean that you will for sure also become a serial killer. Since Dr. Rain grew up in a loving home, he was not turned into a monster, but this may not be the case for others. One of the most notorious killers in history attempted seven murders, but successfully killed five. The Zodiac Killer took credit for several murders in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1960s, but was never caught. He attempted to kill two young teens. Their murder went unsolved for a year, till another murder took place in 1969, and the Zodiac called into the police station claiming to have committed one of the most recent murders and the murder of the two teens the year before. The Zodiac Killer was directly linked to at least five murders in Northern California in 1968 and 1969, and may have been responsible for more. He taunted police and made threats through letters sent to area newspapers from 1969 to 1974, before abruptly ceasing communication. Despite intensive investigations, no one was ever arrested for the crimes, and the case remains open. Because of the serial killer's hidden identity, we can't know his motive. Was he abused by a parent, or abandoned, or had a mental disorder, or was he just thrilled by the act of killing? So, where do we go from here? Do we agree that it is a combination of things that create a serial killer, or do we continue to look at how they were raised? Trying to search for the natural impact seems really hard. If scientists were to come to a conclusion about what is possibly wrong in the brain of serial killers, what would happen then? We've gathered so much information on the psychology of serial killers, but we still don't directly understand them. As the world becomes more scientific, it is harder for us to understand this kind of abnormal behavior.
The question remains, do we scan every human brain or babies for this particular gene? Do we set these members of society aside or monitor them as bad people and put them in jail before they even kill? The ethical questions could go on forever. Again, this is John and Sophia's In Their Minds. Thank you for listening.